Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey listeners, it's Phil Mackey. We're talking Minnesota sports five days a week on Mackey and Jeb with Rami. Available on Apple, Spotify, the Score North app, or anywhere else you find podcasts. If you're tight on time today and you can only listen to one segment from today's show, here it is. On 1500scorenorth.com and the Score North mobile app from the TCL Broadcast Studios, Packers-Vikings Monday night from U.S. Bank Stadium. And joining us now to talk about it, Packer Hall of Famer, should be Pro Football Hall of Famer, and you can hear him on the big show, 105.7 FM, The Fan. In Milwaukee, it is Leroy Butler. Leroy, how are you this afternoon, my friend? Doing good, guys. Uh, we're we're also doing something you guys, I'm sure, were doing about uh, Pro Bowl snubs and stuff like that, but... I think for the most part, the confusing part, if a guy made all pro and didn't make the pro bowl, that's the confusing part. But other than that, congratulations to whoever made it. And we think that's going to happen with at least one guy here, and that's Kendricks, the linebacker. But, Leroy, are you surprised, and do you think he deserved Aaron Rodgers to make the pro bowl? We were having some fun with that to start the show because his numbers don't look pro bowl-like. Yeah, I think you have to put... Dak Prescott has had a great year, but sometimes you make it just on name recognition. That's never going to go away. I can say that about maybe eight or nine guys. You know, because even Patrick Mahomes didn't play, you know, all of the games. He missed a few games. But when you get that name ID, people are going to vote for you. Yeah. Yeah, I think you tell me if this is uh, if this is a hot take, Leroy. I think Aaron Rodgers... Part one, I think he's one of the two or three greatest quarterbacks of all time. But I think in the last two or three years, the only thing he does at an elite level is avoid interceptions. And I don't know, like the 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 accuracy has gone down. Uh, The all of the upside that you got like six or seven years ago is it just it feels more conservative now. How would you classify him now as a quarterback? Well, I think not turning it over is paramount and premium. If you're a defensive player like myself, I mean, yeah. it just says something about because I played with you know uh, a young man that you know took a lot of chances. <laughs> I mean, Brett Favre took a lot of chances, <laughs> and I was okay with it because it was my job to go get it back. But um, I think that's the one thing that Aaron wants to hang his hat on when he leaves the game that he threw less interceptions than anybody, so he didn't expose his team at times. And I think this offense, if you look at it, it doesn't really need him to put up guarded numbers. He's only threw for 400 yards twice. I think I think he only threw for 300 once. 
the rest of them have been 243, 220, like this, and they've won, you know, 11 games. So if he can put up those big numbers with Mike McCarthy and they're still, like, struggling to beat people, but he gets great numbers, or he can be have pretty average numbers and they're winning, I'm sure he'll take the latter. In your your mind, how good does he remain as a quarterback uh, right now? And how, how much is is any problems that Aaron is currently having a reflection of the fact that he clearly has guys that um, I think to be kind struggle at times to catch his passes. Well, you know, again, um, he had a lot of drops uh, last week. Yeah, three or four drops, and um, the accuracy wasn't how it used to be. But I really don't think you need to be elite anymore to win in this league. I mean, I think there's only one really elite guy that's Lamar Jackson. I mean, I think Russell Wilson has been playing great. But you don't really need to be this great Hall of Fame-type quarterback to win a Super Bowl or even go to a Super Bowl anymore. If that was the case, then, you know, you can just say, well, Drew Brees will be in the Super Bowl every year against uh, Tom Brady. But, you know, for the most part, it just comes down to this a new offense for Aaron and the guys. They needed somebody in the slot with a little bit more wiggle. All of the receivers are straight line guys. They're bigger guys who, did, who does a great job of blocking. But, you know, Devontae Adams has been fantastic, you know, since he's been here. But for the most part, you have one platinum receiver, and Aaron tried to spread the ball around. One time this year, well, a couple of times when Aaron – when uh, Devontae Allen was out, nine guys caught passes. I mean, that's just amazing. So I don't think they really need him to throw for 350 every week and three touchdowns. Leroy, today I heard Dominique Foxworth on ESPN say that the Packers under Matt LaFleur are the same as the Packers under Mike McCarthy, just with a better set of eyebrows. What's your impression of first-year head coach Matt LaFleur? <laughs> Well, first of all, I want to congratulate him. What he did is unprecedented. I mean, in his first year, um, going, winning 10 games and getting into the playoffs. And if he beat, uh, Minnesota, you know, winning the North, that is something no one has ever done who's ever coached for the Green Bay Packers. And there's been a lot of great coaches. I mean, if you think about last year, it was just so bad. Six, nine, and one, you get beat by Detroit, 31 to nothing the last game. And now you've turned it around. So if he gets this team to a Super Bowl, they would name a street after him. Because <laughs> he has done something no one expected him to do. And I think that's the biggest thing now. You know, you want a, a young guy who's going to be innovative enough to kind of give you that feel of Deshaun McVay's and say, you know what, I can get this guy to play the way I think he needs to play. And that's spreading the ball around. Don't turn the ball over, but at the same time, keep the chains moving. Yeah, yeah. He just turned forty years old, by the way, in the middle of November. So he's one of the biggest coaches in the NFL. And I think it's really easy to look around and say, "All right, who are the best young? Who are the next Sean McVay's and the young guys who scheme?" Yeah. But it's it to be a head coach. It's way more than just scheming. You can't just be an offensive coordinator. You have to lead men and lead a room of. Uh, 50 plus players and coaches. What do you think Matt LaFleur's best quality is aside from just being a smart X's and O's coach? You know, that's a great question because anybody I think with, with a headset 
and cover their mouth can be a coach. Okay, <laughs> it seems like that. Is that all it takes? But with him, yeah. that's it. That's all it takes. Just you know, just act like you're talking to somebody, and somebody else calls the plays. And you're really not doing anything. But you need that card <laughs> that you put in front of your mouth, Leroy. You yeah. need it to look like there's a lot going on there, so people think yeah. that you're yeah, doing a lot of thinking. Right. Yeah. Right. And you're really not. <laughs> what he does. What he does. That's good. He allows the players to be themselves. He doesn't tell them what to say. He doesn't tell them how to act. That's very refreshing from a locker room that was a little bit maybe divided because some people like McCarthy, some people probably like Aaron. I mean, but when you get a guy to go into a situation like this, I got to allow the guys to be themselves. If I'm a 35-year-old quarterback or 36-year-old quarterback, I'm going to relate to a guy that's 39. You know, quicker than a guy that's maybe in his 60s or 50s or a retread, you know, head coach. It was just refreshing to have a guy with some energy, so much energy, and Rami, you know this, that he hurt his, his Achilles playing basketball. Mm-hmm. Now, that's unprecedented. <laughs> you got to be careful, man. That hurts. That's bad. No, I'm just saying most coaches are out of shape. They just stand there and they eat at the buffet lines. This guy don't eat nothing but healthy food. He looks great. And he has the energy to keep up with his team. And I think guys like that. You know, guys can work out with me and do some of the same things and just kind of be a rah-rah guy. But at the same time, give me some space to be a man. And that's the reason why they're winning. Is there a team in this uh, conference right now that scares you? Is there a team that you think is the clear-cut best team? Well, you know, I think every team has problems. I will say that. But the thing about Minnesota They've always been the team that say, you know what, regardless of what's going on in the offense, my defense will keep me in every single game. And now you go out to L.A. and you get all these turnovers, seven, and you score on defense playing in December. That's kind of scary for a lot of people because all you got to do now, okay, just say, for instance, Dalvin Cook doesn't play or Madsen doesn't play, and the boom kid comes in and gets two touchdowns. And you got the best, you know, receiving court together and Kyle Rudolph as a tight end. What is the problem? I know that's what Minnesota fans are saying. The problem is it's a great white shark coming named Aaron Rodgers. Instead of them just saying, you know, everybody have their flaws. I mean, even the Saints in in uh, San Francisco had a forty six to forty eight point game. Mm-hmm. And then San Francisco lose to Atlanta. I mean, everybody has their flaws, but you got to win in December by any means necessary. Uh, Leroy Butler is with us here on Mackie and Judd with Rami. And I guess I have sort of a two-part question, very simply. Do you think mm-hmm. the Packers can win the Super Bowl, and do you think the Vikings can win the Super Bowl? Well, I think it's seven teams I think can win the Super Bowl, and those two teams are in it. Okay. Some of the other teams are going to be just a great year. They got to the playoffs, but they ain't going anywhere. Because if you don't have a defense that's optimistic, that can get turnovers and get after the quarterback, you're not going anywhere. But when you got Danielle Hunter, Everson Griffin, and Harrison Smith, and Xavier Rhodes, I mean, those guys step up when it's time to. The Green Bay Packers haven't won in that new building, and you know I don't think they ever won in the new building. But at the same time, you got the Smith brothers, your Kenny Clark, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, and Devontae Adams. 
these teams have a chance, but who can take it to that next level? That's why we're going to find this out on Monday night. Because I really believe whoever wins the North is going to be in the championship game because they're going to be more physical more physical than the other team because they got a running game and they got a good defense. Leroy, I had uh, your friend and mine, former Packers running back Gary Ellerson, on the show that I host earlier in the day, Score North well, Live. your friend. He's not my friend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait a minute. I, I didn't know my microphone was on. <laughs> and totally, totally unsolicited, Gary brought up, I think, three different times, right, Judge? Three different times how slow Jimmy Graham was. Yeah, he ripped him. So I asked, all ripped him. I asked Gary if with his knee replacement, he could beat Jimmy Graham in a race. He said, and I quote, hell yeah, set it up. My question to you is, do you think Gary could beat Jimmy Graham in a race, and could you, Leroy Butler, beat Jimmy Graham in a race at this point? No, no, no. I'm 51. <laughs> Gary's 65. There's no way you do it. Jimmy Graham would beat both of us, and he'll turn backwards and beat both of us. So, no, I'm not doing that. I got to tell y'all the truth. Gary is, no. I would tell him when I go in the studio, that was not true. He cannot do that. No. Jimmy, Jimmy Graham, man, he's really slow. I, I don't know. Don't sell yourself short. You were really good at one time. You, you got to have something left there. Listen, I was a little, well, I wouldn't say disturbed, but I was shocked that he was running by himself, and he just fell. And I'm thinking, okay, yeah. I've been there before. I've been there before when I was playing in my 30s, and I, your legs just give out on you. And so it happens. But, again, the reason why I like him, he's never missed a game. I appreciate that. All right, tough question here. One game, one game only. You have your choice. Brett or Aaron, which one Brett do you Favre. take? Brett Favre. Brett Favre. Brett Favre. Because he had that I'm, impact I'm little, or what? I'm a, I'm a little biased because I want to ring with Brett Favre. Yep. But it was when any time, any time I saw number four getting dressed, I knew I had a chance. I knew I had a chance. All I got to do is go out there, get a sack here or there, uh, interception, whatever. Brett Favre, they don't, he's not human. The guy's. Never missed a game. I mean, I used to joke with him that he had did not. I wanted to cut him and see if he had blood inside of him. Because <laughs> the guy, I'm like, dude, you just got hit by John Randall, got thrown on your head, and you get up and throw a bomb. I mean, any other guy would be in the hospital, but the guy was just truly amazing. So, Brett Favre, man, Brett, yeah, Brett Favre, yeah, no question, yeah. Uh, what is your favorite Brett Favre comeback fourth quarter or rally the troops story or moment that you can share with us? Well, the one he threw to, to, to Antonio Freeman, I mean, on Chris Dishman. I mean, <laughs> he did what? Because <laughs> I mean, I mean, he wasn't even open. But Brett would throw you 50-50 balls. And the, the guy had the moxie. And I remember, and Rami, you know this story. I'll tell it in like 10 seconds. Mm -hmm. As a young guy, when he come from Atlanta, we're in practice. Don Mikowski's the guy. Everybody knew that. Brett threw a pick. And he was kicking the grass, walking. He was just so upset. I said, listen, young blood, <laughs> don't worry about that. It's my job to go get it back. You play the way you want to play. If you think you can get it 
over the linebacker, between the safety and and over the cornerback's head, make that throw. I love that. I love that he had the guts enough to make that throw and know that there's no smoke on the sideline. We are not upset. We go because I'm gonna tell you something. The one or two times in my 12 year career, I gave up a touchdown. You got that wrong one or two times. Yes, the only right. one or two hey, times. Hey. I believe it was Joey right. Galloway hey, both times. Yeah. Right, you get, hey, stop that. (laughs) (laughs) He would look at me and say, Lee, I got you. I got you. He'll go out there and throw a bomb. And he'd come back and say, I told you. That's the love of your teammates. And that's why, remember his dad passed away, guys were jumping all over, Mm -hmm. everywhere, catching balls from everywhere. It was just something about, about Brett, so much so that he went and played for you guys. And Q Paul Allen uh, this is not Detroit, so yeah. I love that too. <laughs> <laughs> On repeat, yeah, of course. Stick that knife in. <laughs> he loves it so much. He loves it so much. So long. So long. I heard it four times today, and when I go back in the studio, we're gonna play it again. <laughs> because, so it's your it's your because, ringtone for ten years. So if so right. if, if oh, how how did you know? <laughs> so if Moss if Moss and Favre had played together in both their primes, Ooh. would you Ooh. would you name me Ooh. a defensive backfield that would have had a chance to stop them together? Ooh. Maybe Deion Sanders and Ronnie Lott. If that Randy Moss was just I, there's another guy that when somebody asks this is a true question this is a true story. A guy asked me the other day, who's the most feared wide receiver? And I looked him dead in the eye. They say 84 in purple. Wait a minute. Jerry Rice. I said, you didn't ask me who was the best. You asked me who was the most feared wide receiver in the history of the NFL. In other words, when he split out to the wide, your heart is beating out of your chest saying, I'm going to be on SportsCenter because he's going to jump over me and catch the ball was Randy Moss. Mm-hmm. Randy Moss was exceptional. I mean, just everything about a deep ball. So much so now, the little kids, if they cross you over and shoot a jump shot, they say, oh, you just got Moss. Yeah. I mean, it, it, the guy was just truly amazing. And I don't think the millennials know what how good he was. was just, and we had double coverage. We had Darren Sharper back there, seventy-five yards waiting. Your corners were too and short. Still, in in ninety-eight, uh, they were too damn short. That was your problem back there. Well, they can't grow during the game. We got to play with what we got. <laughs> <laughs> That's why Rod Wolf drafted all, all the tall guys in ninety-nine. <laughs> it wouldn't have mattered. I've seen him jump over guys six-three corners. Randy Moss is a freak of nature. I mean. He was the he was the freak before Giannis. I mean, you know, for the Bucks, that's the real freak, man. This guy was amazing to be that tall around four two, and then all he told Carl Pepper throw his hand up, and Carl Pepper would just throw it, and then Randall Cunningham. It doesn't matter the quarterback. <laughs> the guy was truly amazing, and we used to have people in practice to emulate uh, Moss. Couldn't do it. The coach would say, you must run faster to give us a better look. Or we're going to get mossed. I said, uh-oh. 
That's like asking a guy to grow during a game. How's he just going to be faster? Who, who did they ask to do yeah, it? There are certain players like that you can't emulate in practice. Yo, we need someone to be Michael Vick this week. Okay, just run around. Oh, you got a good point. <laughs> <laughs> another guy, another guy we couldn't like duplicate. We could not was Robert Smith, the running back, because he was just he had these long strides, and he would look for an opening before he made a cut. And we're like, we need somebody. And then we were trying to get people on the, the practice squad to give us a better look. And and then so was Amp Lee. You remember Amp Lee? Mm-hmm, yeah. He was just, I mean, it was like, man, what? And then you know what? Chris Carter would come over. Hey, Roy Lee, y'all ain't got nobody to cover that boy. <laughs> Let's go back to the huddle, okay? You're getting on my nerves. Let John Randall be the guy that's aggravated. You go back to the huddle. <laughs> Unbelievable. That is Leroy Butler, the Packers Hall of Famer. Should be Pro Football Hall of Famer. I'm not going to dwell on it, Leroy, but you getting snubbed again. An absolute travesty. I don't even recognize the Pro Football Hall of Fame until they let Leroy Butler in. You know I love you and always appreciate when you uh, give us a few minutes, my friend. I love you too, my brother. I love coming over here. And again, I think the Packers will win 28-17. But I also think that it may be a scenario to where they have to play the Vikings twice if the Vikings win. So this is something the Green Bay Packers must try to go there and handle their business. And these are the rivalries that the NFL wanted, these divisional games in December. And I don't think neither team will disappoint. Thank you, Leroy. Awesome, Appreciate man. it, man. See you, Leroy. Take care, my guys. Super, Bye-bye. super fun. He's just the best, man. Such a good dude. Yeah, so you worked with him for several years yeah. at your last stop yeah. in Milwaukee. I was a host with him for like, se- I mean, I've known him for 10, 12 years, but I hosted with him for about seven years, and that was just, yeah. like, you you know you're going to go into work and have fun every day when you're working with Leroy Butler. Yeah. Just a great dude. By the way, during during the conversation, I was just trying to, because he came in the league in 1990 and then played until like the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. The list of quarterbacks he faced, the list of Vikings quarterbacks he faced, everyone from Wade Wilson to Brad Johnson to... I, I counted like nine Vikings quarterbacks during his era. There was a new one like every year, basically, yeah. except the three years of Warren Moon. Warren, yeah. Jeff George, Randall Cunningham, Dante Culpepper, Brad Johnson, Jim McMahon, Sean Salisbury, Rich Gannon, Wade Wilson. Yeah. All part I of the forgot, Butler. I forgot you guys had Jim McMahon, too. He made almost the entire NFC in North fact, Tour. If, in fact, if I'm not mistaken, McMahon threw the pass against the Packers of the Metrodome in 93 that Eric Gulliford caught and was accused of coming off the bench to catch because nobody could fi- could figure out how the Packers left him so open down the field. <laughs> Eric Gulliford. Eric Gulliford, little you- receiver, but there was always the accusation that, where did he come from? Did yeah. you guys ever see the picture of McMahon when the Packers won the Super Bowl and he was Brett Favre's backup? He wore his Bears jersey under his suit coat. What? Whoa. Yeah, because... After the game? No, when they went to the White House. Oh, <laughs> he wore his Bears jersey under his suit coat when the Packers went to visit the White House, and it was because when the Bears won the Super Bowl in '85, the Challenger, the spaceship Challenger, had had blown up, so they canceled the Bears' visit to the White House. So that was his way of bringing the '85 Bears to the White House for the first time. That's, that's, that's a boss cat. move. And let me guess, that's you a, cried. That's a boss move right there, man. <laughs> I mean, I shed a tear. I'm not laughing at you. I just, yeah, I was going to say, the Bears. So that was, if you missed any of it, go find it on the podcast. Leroy Butler, it's the second time he's joined us this season, and he just, he tells great stories. He brings energy. He's super fun. Uh, when we come back to start hour number two, Mackie and Judd with Rami, let's dive into another little uh, mini episode of Who Says No? 
some fun twins trade ideas here from uh, both our friend Jake DePew okay. on scorenorth.com and Eno Saris as well, okay? Who says no when we come back to the TCL studios? Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.